Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right folks jeremy evans here your host of the california sports lawyer podcast as always appreciate you being with us and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running we have interesting episode today we'll be talking about uh, disney's strategy when it comes to um whether it be mergers or acquisitions or selling off assets um, and it's sort of strategy in general as well uh, in terms of culture and that sort of thing, uh, really post sort of ESPN uh, pin, uh, which was the deal that we talked about last week, uh, both in um, in print and also in uh, in the podcast. And um, it's, it was sort of a major deal where you had ESPN partnering with a sports uh, sports book company in Penn, uh, not the biggest company, but uh, clearly a strategic partner. Uh, and it's something to where ESPN can benefit from um, Penn's expertise in sports betting and having a sports book already in existence. Uh, but it's also where Penn can benefit from ESPN's uh, expertise in distribution uh, and its content and sort of on-air talent. So, um, you know, very, very interesting times when it comes to this. Uh, not something that I think any of us could have predicted in terms of ESPN partnering with a sports book. But uh, from ESPN's perspective and from Penn, it probably makes sense, right? Because you have, um, you know, ESPN really sort of needing an influx of cash. Uh, but then you also had Penn looking for a strategic partner when it came to getting access to fans and getting access to content. And it really sort of is a, a good marriage in many ways because you have ESPN with, again, the sports and the broadcasting. And when you combine that with a sports book, I think you're going to increase engagement. So I think that's sort of what they're looking for. But after this deal has been done, um, I think, and it's, I think it's a, was it a $2.5 billion dollar, uh, investment uh, from Penn uh, over the next, I don't know, was it 10 years or so? They're going to be building this um, ESPN bet app. And so we'll see how that plays out, but uh, should be a success. And then, uh, sort of, where do we, we're kind of looking at this week is, you know, what happens after uh, this deal is done? And I think there's a few theories out there. There were some good articles in The Hollywood Reporter and some other places, but um, I think when I sort of look at this, I I look at Disney 
And, you know, you got to look at Bob Iger as well. And he's somebody who has made some of the most iconic purchases in the past, you know, decade, you know, 15 years or so uh, for Disney. And, you know, Iger, you know, in his nature is a deal maker. He likes to bring people together. He likes to acquire assets and he wants to grow the brand, right? So he's doing his job as, as CEO. And I think there was a reason to bring him back. Now, although I don't know if the amount of deals that he did in his prior 15 years will be done in this sort of second term as CEO of, of Disney since he came back in November of 2022, but clearly uh, he's going to have to make some deals to continue to push the company forward because Disney uh, currently does have some debt, particularly from the uh, 21st Century Fox uh, purchase, uh, and of course, it's, I believe, ranked as either second or third streamer, um, at least of May of May of 2023. It was uh, the third ranked streamer in terms of subscribers, with uh, Netflix being number one and Amazon being number two. And then um, with, I think, Netflix was 232 million. Um, Amazon is 192 million, 193 million. And then uh, Disney, I think, is 157 uh, million. So... And then, of course, you got Paramount and some other ones, Hulu, uh, that sort of um, round out the top five or top ten, if you will. But when I look at this, I think you know Disney CEO uh, Bob Iger's sort of business strategy, as we talked about last week, is really one of moving towards sort of younger, more vibrant, and interesting sort of new on-air talent. And the Pat McAfee hiring, I think, is you know evident of that and evidence of that. Uh, the pen deal is also this thing of moving more towards sports book and sports betting, which is sort of a newer thing since the Murphy uh, NCAA decision with the Supreme Court. And it's also one where he's going to be seeking um, to get smaller potentially as a company uh, and, and sort of selling off some assets, which is still still allows Iger to do deals. It's just a different way of doing them. You're instead of acquiring your, um, you know, sort of. Um, getting rid of assets to you know bring in additional capital, uh, additional funds into the company. So, and he's also looking at you know seeking partnerships, which again was proven by the ESPN Penn deal that that occurred last week. And I can't overemphasize how important that that deal was uh, in terms of ESPN's future and the future of sports. I mean, I think this could potentially turn out to be um, a um, a very big deal for ESPN, uh, particularly on the revenue side as we see sort of states around the country that have passed um, sports betting uh, laws in terms of having, you know, some sort of sports betting uh, within their borders. And uh, it's been, um, you know, very lucrative for a lot of state governments and very lucrative for a lot of companies. So, you know, again, the ESPN deal uh, with Penn that we discussed last week, I think is proof that ESPN needed an influx of cash. Uh, they needed a strategic partner to grow and survive and really thrive in the sports world, which in today's sort of setting is dominated by replays. People are you know, generally not watching full-length games anymore. It's dominated by social media, either through watching replays or in sort of gaining access to content or in just learning about a, you know, a sport or a score or whatever. And then, of course, sports betting being used to increase engagement uh, across the board. Uh, I think the ESPN pin partnership will accomplish all three of those. 
uh, and and potentially stabilize ESPN, which has been hemorrhaging from losing cable uh, subscribers for years now. Um, and ESPN Plus has not really seen the growth that uh, it's wanted. Maybe this pen deal helps with that because people might tune in using the ESPN Plus app um, along with uh, the ESPN Bet app. And if those two can be integrated together, I think there could be some good success. Now, Disney may also be looking to um, partner with other folks, particularly on the streaming side. For example, in exchange for maybe sharing the illustrious sort of Disney content library, uh, maybe another streamer is willing to partner uh, on sharing a platform similar to the Hulu deal where you had Comcast and Fox and Disney all owning, you know, basically 30 something percent, um, you know, of that. And then they're sort of smaller um, percentages to some other companies, but uh, maybe something like that. Uh, and I think sort of a merger or sort of an acquisition, a shared streaming deal um, is also likely to avoid, uh, you know, it's like a joint venture, if you will, is likely to avoid any SEC involvement because you're not doing a straight purchase. Uh, and it's just more two companies collaborating to share content, which I think potentially would benefit the public because they'd have less places to look for content. But you could also make the argument that less places to look also means less competition. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think if there was a pathway to move forward, a joint venture is probably um, going to see receive less scrutiny than, let's say, a straight merger or acquisition. Now, of course, Disney may also be looking to get smaller and movable by trimming business opportunities and assets and employees. And this has already occurred with the employees. The, the layoffs at ESPN uh, were well noted uh, in the press. Uh, but, of course, you've got talent, television. There's talk about maybe uh, spinning off ABC. I'm sure there would be a lot of buyers for that. Uh, but that may be bittersweet for Iger because he he sort of grew up through ABC uh, and, and sort of um, – climb the corporate ladder through that. So we'll see. And then of course uh, the Indian entertainment division, which uh, through star, which was uh, purchased um, at least some of the assets through the, um, uh, through the Fox 21st century Fox deal. Uh, but of course, Disney also has some other operations overseas. So maybe there's potential that they um, offload those assets, but we'll see. And then um, you have this sort of idea of, maybe potentially Apple coming in. This was an article in the Hollywood Reporter talking about this and Apple purchasing Disney. And at first you say, well, why does that make sense? Well, you know, Apple does have Apple TV and Apple Plus and they're looking for content. So they might be willing to overpay for that content. Um, if you thought the sale of Fox uh, to Disney was big at 70, $71 billion, uh, I would imagine that the sale of Disney and its content library to Apple would be uh, well over $100 billion. So we'll sort of see. And of course, Apple has, I think, $62 billion in cash on hand. Uh, and of course, other assets to move. Uh, and I'm sure they could work out a deal if it came down to that. This is all speculation at this point. But there's always been a fascination between Iger and Steve Jobs when he was alive, uh, particularly in, in the Apple brand and, and what um, Jobs was building. And of course, eventually led to Iger purchasing the Pixar studio. And, you know, and I think I don't think it'd be overstated uh, as to the work that Iger did when he was um, during his first sort of term as CEO for 15 years from 2005 to 2020. 
And now he's back, of course, as of 2022. But this is, um, it's going to be interesting, right? And we'll get into that in a little bit as to some of the work that Iger did. But I think there's some analysts on Wall Street that sort of, and in Hollywood in general, that think uh, that maybe an Apple deal uh, could occur. And basically Iger is setting up, um, you know, Disney to uh, look like um, a more approachable company when it, when it, in terms of, you know, purchasing it and not purchasing, purchasing a ton of debt. Uh, so we'll see, because, you know, if Apple did make a purchase, it would be a significant one. They probably would, wouldn't want to be buying a ton of debt. Uh, all that, although that might offset the price. So we'll see um, again. And I think, According to the Hollywood Reporter, there's some analysts that believe that there's only going to be about four streaming platforms around when it's when all the dust settles, and it'll likely be Apple, Amazon, uh, Netflix, and one other one. And it's either going to be Disney, um, which clearly right now is the you know third ranked you know, in terms of subscribers, um, you know, streaming platform, or a combined Disney company. You know, so whether it's Apple and Disney or something else, and then of course you have NBC Universal. Warner's and Paramount, who have you know Peacock, uh, Max, and obviously Paramount Plus. So where that content goes, and whether they decide to combine into one platform, again, any of these deals would be highly scrutinized by the federal government through the SEC. Uh, but they might be wise to combine to reach more uh, subscribers. So we'll see how that plat um, how that platform works out. And, you know, it's sort of interesting because it's a thought that was once inconceivable based on its size and history and library. And speaking of Disney, but uh, Disney may be on the outside looking in uh, when compared to much larger companies with more cash to make deals like Apple and Amazon. And those companies, by the way, are more diversified uh, because they have um, businesses beyond entertainment, media and sports. You know, Apple's, you know, has the phones, uh, they have the computers, uh, they have the tech, um, you know, they have the Apple storage, they have, you know, cloud storage, all that. And Amazon in many ways is similar, uh, except they're more in the distribution space with regard to, you know, um, it's e-commerce. So they're just a little better positioned, I think, to make a deal, but could be wrong. Iger has done it before in terms of uh, striking deals. So we'll see. But I think regardless, it would be an epic battle between Apple and Amazon and, and Netflix and potentially even Comcast for the Disney library. Because if you recall, Comcast was in on um, potentially purchasing Fox. And ultimately, all it did was raise the price for its competitor. And Disney ended up winning uh, winning over uh, Rupert Murdoch and, and, and the sale of, of those entertainment assets. So... If Disney ever did consider selling, uh, Apple is probably the likely, um, you know, sort of winner in that case. But, you know, we'll see. Iger does have a fondness for uh, the late Steve Jobs, and um, it might push Disney to, you know, make a sale. But we'll see. I mean, I think it's just such a, um, would be such a change in culture on both sides of that. Uh, Apple and Disney um, are completely different companies and uh, completely different cultures. You know, Disney is one that is built on, um, you know, sort of Hollywood and the history of Hollywood and the animation studio and the theme parks, whereas Apple is really a tech company um, that decided to get into streaming and produce content and has gotten better over the years. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think any one of these deals would 
you know, meet be, be, be sort of met with serious resistance from the SEC, uh, the United States uh, Security and Exchange Commission. Now, of course, just to give a little highlight, a little background and context to this, during Iger's first term, Bob Iger's first term as CEO of Disney, I mean, he really reigned supreme over business, and particularly in Hollywood in general, uh, and seemingly could not make a bad deal. Um, consider the following. So during Iger's 15-year term from 2005 to 2020, before coming back in, in November of 2022, he led with the purchases of Pixar, Marvel Entertainment, Lucasfilm, 21st Century Fox, and a stake in Hulu, which Disney now owns 67% of it, with a full sale uh, pending in 2024, where uh, Comcast uh through NBC Universal um, will uh, sell to Disney. So again, assuming that gets approved, we'll see how that plays out. But it's not just that Disney owns uh, Disney Plus, which is again the third third sort of ranked platform when it comes to subscribers. It also has Hulu, which is I think the fourth or fifth, probably the fifth uh, sort of um, fifth platforms in terms of subscribers. So we'll see how that. Uh, how that plays out. Of course, Iger also revamped the Disney Animation Studio, the theme parks, although there's an issue in Florida with regard to how that theme park is going to play out. And Iger has admittedly said that it was a mistake to uh, get into a public battle uh, with a sitting governor. And um, uh, and I think it's sort of it's a, it's a, it's a lesson in politics and, and deal making, to say the least, uh, in terms of, you know, um, you know, Disney has had a good thing. Uh, and they've had, um, you know, great thing going on in Florida and a great thing going on in California. And I think to mess up that balance, I think, um, you know, is, is definitely caused Iger and Disney some issues. Um, and then, of course, again, Disney still has the streaming service and Disney Plus. So and that was launched through and during Iger's term. Now, the problem with mentioning all of those purchases is that it may indeed prove to be too much to manage for one company. Um, then again, uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger loves to make deals. It's one of the reasons why I admire the guy. Um, so I would not count out the House of Mouse just yet uh, for making another business move. And we'll sort of see what that looks like, whether it's selling off or buying assets um, or maybe a mixture of both. But that being said, folks, as always, appreciate listening in, making us number one sports law podcast in the world. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by Bet Online, and uh, I forgot to mention this in the beginning, but this is uh, episode thirty-one, or has been episode thirty-one of season five. So I look forward to uh, staying in touch, and look forward to um, uh, folks uh, being with us next week. And uh, enjoy the week, and thank you so much for listening in. Thanks again.